0: So if you can open up your Bibles to Genesis 20, we will continue with our series and pray the Lord may speak to us this morning as we open up his word. Father, we pray that you may be with us as we consider your word, that Lord, you may speak to us and change us, transform us, Lord. In the name of our precious Saviour, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Genesis 20, I will read from uh, verse 1 to verse 18, the 18 chapters. So if you could follow with me, that would be great. Genesis 20. You forgot me. I was putting my head up one day when they were singing. Oh, you wanted to choose a hymn as well? Mm-hmm. Well, how about if we sing him right at the end? Shall we do that? Yes. Genesis 20, 1 to 18. From there, Abraham journeyed towards the territory of the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. And he sojourned in Gerar. And Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, She's my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. A god came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her. So he said, Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, is my sister? And she herself said, is my brother. But if you do not return her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, what have you done to us? And how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. And Abimelech said to Abraham, what did you see that you did this thing? Abraham said, I did it because I thought there is no fear of God at all in this place. And they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she is indeed my sister, the daughter of my father, though not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God caused me to wander from my father's house, I said to her, this is the kindness you must do to me. At every place to which we come, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male servants and female servants and gave them to Abraham and returned Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah, he said, Behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you, and before everyone you are vindicated. Then Abraham prayed to God, and God healed Abimelech, and also healed his wife and female slaves, so that they bore children. For the Lord had closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah. Abraham's wife. And this is the word of God. Some of us went yesterday to a prayer meeting or a pray and prayer and praise meeting in Dunstable. Uh, different churches got gathered. We heard uh, God's uh, word being preached by David Scar. We also heard various testimonies of people. And we sang God's praises and at the end we we got together and we were able to uh, have some time of fellowship with like-minded people. And one of the people who came to the front and who spoke uh, was Pastor Ryan King. Now Pastor Ryan King has been involved for a number of years in um, planting churches through Europe. And God has used him instrumentally to be able to uh, uh, plant churches or help churches plant churches also in Europe. In uh, his travels through Europe, he met Yuliana, Ulyana from Ukraine. And they got married and they now live together. Uh, he's just in his 20s, but he's indeed a man who loves the Lord and who's been used by God uh, to, to the, for the furtherance of the gospel. And so he shared with us... Some of the things that uh, people back in Ukraine are going through, particularly from a Christian background in the churches. He's been involved in helping and aiding uh, churches whom he knows of. Uh, His father-in-law is a pastor of a large congregation there in Ukraine, and he shared of... Uh, the hundreds and thousands of people that have passed by either on their way to the west or out of Ukraine or those who have passed by towards the east, towards the war. We should pray for them. We should pray for brothers and sisters who are uh, being afflicted and caught in between this uh, conflict and war. We should also help where we can. In this endeavours and Pastor uh, Ryan from uh, Wood Green Baptist Church, uh, he has uh, provided with details from uh, the church and the reference to use if you would like to contribute towards this effort. This will be pinned on the board, by the way. War is terrible. War is horrific. And what's so sad about war is that while rulers fight and, uh, for each other's interest, many innocent people get caught in between these conflicts and war. But there is another war that is happening every single day, which is closer to home. And this war, which is closer to home, is not in our streets. It is not in a church with people pitting against other people. It is not in our home is even closer. It is a war that happens within. It is a war without rifles and guns. It is a war that rages in our hearts. It is a battle with sin. It is a battle of desires. So much so that when we want and we don't get, we resort to fists and bites and what have you. James chapter 4 reminds us what causes quarrels and what causes fights among you, the church. Is it not this that your passions are at war within you? You desire and you do not have, so you murder, character assassination. You covet and you do not obtain, so you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. Hindered prayer. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend in your passions. You are doctorous people, says James. Everyone as Christians, every one of us, have inward battles with sin. But God does not want us to remain in our sin. God does not want us to remain in our sin. Conflict or in in, in the way he called us many years ago, but he rather intervenes. The Bible tells us that he who begun the good work in you will bring it to completion. He who begun will bring it to completion. God remains faithful to his purposes despite our unfaithfulness, and we will see that statement. In this passage of scripture, which we just read, Genesis chapter 20, from our passage this morning, we will see how Abraham is unfaithful. But we will see also how God remains faithful to his promises to Abraham. And we will close with an exhortation of uh, the fear of God, that we may grow in the fear of God. So verses 1 and 2 will be of Abraham's faithlessness. And I'll spend a bit of a longer time in that one point. And then from verse 3 to verse 18, God's faithfulness to Abraham, to his promises. And then from the whole passage, we will consider the exhortation, which is fear God. So faithlessness faithfulness, fear of God. I'm not sure if you've realised, but the Christian life has many ups and downs. Sometimes many downs and some ups, sometimes many ups and a few downs. But Christian life has many ups and downs. Plenty of two steps forwards and one step back. Sometimes three steps back and half a step forward. That's the Christian life. Ups and downs. But the overall direction is upward. We're becoming more and more like Jesus Christ despite the difficulties. But even though there's ups and downs, God does not want us to remain in, in the place where he first found us. He doesn't want to, us to remain unfaithful or unfruitful. God wants us to grow, to grow into the people he would have us to be. But in order to get there, God prepares places, roads, people, even difficulties and circumstances around us in order to cause us to be the people he wants us to be he he places us in moments and situations that we would not in our, in our wild dreams choose to be but god does it because he's faithful he makes us mature in him and for abraham is no exception As we will see in the next couple of chapters or further ahead, we will see how Abraham will be a completely changed man. He he will be a man who rests on God's faithfulness, but not here. Here he's still growing. Later we will see how how he, he raises up in his bold assurance in God's salvation and how he walks in faithfulness. But here he's still struggling. Here he's still going through difficulty, not here. Here we see a faithless man who goes back to his old ways, his old sin. But what's amazing is that God remains faithful to his promises despite the faithlessness of his servant Abraham. And that's astonishing because that is the case for us as well. It is astonishing on one hand, but it's comforting on the other because God is the one. He leads us through our sanctification process to be more like Jesus Christ. The book of Genesis is a book of beginnings. We we saw how God created the heavens and the earth by the power of his word in six days. All creation made for his glory. We see how nations rise. We saw also how God instituted a government we, see, we saw also how sin entered the world is, is the book of beginnings. And we see also the life of Abraham's own beginnings. We see Abraham called before becoming Abraham. We see him delivery, We see God delivering Abraham through pagan nations through, through war. Or from pagan nations through war. We've seen how God cut with Abraham a covenant. He made a promise with this pagan man. We saw also how God promised a child to Abraham. A child despite his old age. A child in spite the fact that he, he took the servant and had a child with her. God said, No, 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 no. I will give you a child through your wife, Sarah. God kept his promise. Despite all of those great promises that God gives Abraham. Abraham goes back to his old ways. Look at there in verse 1 and 2 again. From there. Abraham journeyed. Pay attention to that word. Journeyed towards the territory of the Negev. And lived between Kadesh and Shur, And he sojourned in Gerar. Hmm. Journeyed. Sojourned. Journeyed. Sojourn. Where have we heard that before? Those two words together or one after the other. Journeyed, sojourned. Interesting. Let's carry on. Verse 2. And Abraham said, of Sarah his wife, she's my sister. Hang on a minute. Where have we heard that before? Ah. It's like deja vu. It's like a repetition. Anyhow, let's carry on. And Abimelech, king of Gerah, sent and took Sarah. Hang on a minute. A ruler taking his wife. This is exactly what happened in Genesis chapter 12. Exactly the same pattern in chapter 12. Here Abraham returns to his old deception in order to save his own skin. In chapter 20, he, 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 he does the same as chapter 12 of Genesis. Back in chapter 12, Abraham lies in order to save his skin by saying that his beautiful wife is his sister. Notice chapter 20 doesn't say she was beautiful anymore. He doesn't mention that. But nevertheless, he carries on his same plan. Why? He feared that they would kill him to take her. Here, even though she is 90. He does it again. Back then it was in Egypt. Here he's in Gera. Back then it was Pharaoh. Here it's Abimelech. Back then God intervenes. And here God intervenes again. And if God had not stepped in. Abimelech would have been a dead man. Verse 3. If God hadn't stepped in, the whole plan of God's redemption would have been endangered because God promised Abraham that he would provide a son through Sarah to him. Had he carried on and, and, and not restrained, it would have brought terrible consequences. And that is what seemed to us. Sin brings terrible consequences. Consequences we do not think of in the moment that we go on and carry on with our sin. Consequences we do not measure. But consequences nevertheless come as a result of sin. But if you are honest, my dear brothers and sisters, you and me are exactly the same like Abraham. We too can be deceived by our old sin ensnared by our own concupiscences we can be brought down by our own pride or laid low by our own temptations we can let our gods down in self-confidence and that all brings terrible consequences all of us are susceptible to sin Even the Apostle Paul reminds us in one Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve, He who thinks is strong, take heed lest he fall. In seventeen seventy-eight Pastor Robert Robinson captured it well in his A wonderful hymn that he writes. Prone to wonder. Lord I feel it. Prone to leave the Lord I love. Here's my heart. Oh take and seal it. Seal it from thy courts above. As Christians we are prone to sin. And as uh, we chose. uh, Someone chose 501 from our hymn book earlier. We see the. The, the writer is saying, Lord Jesus, hear my prayer, your grazing part. When evil thoughts arise through Satan's eye, oh, drive them all away. And my God, from day to day, keep me beneath your sway, King of my heart. We are all prone to wander and to sin. As Christians, even Christians, yes, believers in Jesus Christ, sin." Colossians chapter 3 reminds us that we have been risen with Jesus Christ and because we're now in Christ, we're not to live in the old ways that we used to live. Galatians chapter 5 reminds us also, he says, but I say, walk in the Spirit. And you will not ratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you were led by the spirit, he says, you are not under the law. Verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are evident sexually morality. Yes, even among believers. Impurity, sensuality, idolatry, having other gods, things, objects, people that are not God, rendering all to these other things. Sorcery. Interesting that the word for sorcery is from where uh, our, 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 our word pharmacy comes from. They used to use all sorts of drugs to get high and... Perform magic and stuff. Enmity. Bitterness against one another. Jealousy. Fits of anger. Rivalries. Dissensions. Romans chapter 1 also adds gossip. Talking things a little bit bad so that we can harm or hinder. Divisions, envy, drunkenness, and these would include all sorts of other substances. You lose control to other stuff, orgies and things like these. I warn you, said Paul, I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness and self control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Our sin, even as believers, can bring devastating consequences to those around us. Sin destroys lives, sin breaks families. Sin devastates churches. Be watchful, we are told. Confess your sins to one another, we are reminded. Admonish one another, or that means to to even even rebuke one another. We should never let our guard down. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. That's why the apostles wrote to the churches. That's why we ought to exercise church discipline. Church discipline, but prayerfully, humbly and fearfully. A little bit of sin can bring such a great damage. It's like, would, would, would you, if you were extremely thirsty and you said, oh, I'm so thirsty, can I have some water, please? And they gave you a jug of water and they said, it's, it's, it's a 99% pure, but it's just got 1% of poison in it. Would you drink it? None of us will. That 1% could kill us. And sin indeed brings devastation. So, faithlessness of Abraham. Despite Abraham returning to his old sin, God remains faithful. How? God intervenes. God intervenes in Abimelech's life by interrupting or from uh, interrupting, his plan of redemption. God's plan of redemption was set. His eternal purpose is there and God would not let his eternal purposes be brought down. God promised Abraham that he would provide a child through Sarai. Look at verse 3. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Behold, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now Abimelech had not approached her, so he said, "Lord, will you kill an innocent people? Did he not himself say to me, "She is my sister, and she herself he is my brother, in the integrity of my heart and the innocence of my hands, I have done this. Then God said to him in the dream, "Yes, I know that you have done this in the integrity of your heart." And it was I who kept you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. Now then, return the man's wife, for he's a prophet, so that he will pray for you and you shall leave. But if you do not return her, you shall sorry know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. So God appears to Abimelech in a dream and Abimelech is terrified. Now, in ancient Near Eastern cultures, adultery was frowned upon. Adultery was severely punished by the law of the land. And not only that, but adultery would also bring the retaliation of the husband. So they would rather take the man down and take the wife than just simply taking the wife. But there is something that God is teaching uh, Abimelech about sin. The sin that he would have committed against others. There's something that the Lord is teaching Abimelech about sin. Sin is not only against other people around you, but sin is ultimately against God. This is why verse 6 says, It was I who kept you from sinning against me. Sin ultimately is against God. And so God here controls all the events and the happenings that evening for Abimelech and keeps him back from sinning. This reminded me of uh, Matthew, which reminds us of the Lord's Prayer. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Or Psalm 19, verse 13. Keep me back. He says, keep me back from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Keep me back. We are prone indeed to wonder, but praise be to God for prayer. So despite Abraham's sin, God intervenes in Abimelech's life, preventing him to interrupt the plan of redemption. God remains faithful to his own purposes and his own promise to Abraham. And despite Abraham's sin, God's eternal plan will come to pass and nothing will be able to stop it. Now, the next thing is just amazing from verses eight onwards. It's amazing because God uses Abimelech to teach Abraham a lesson. God uses this pagan king to teach him and us about the fear of God. Look at verse 8. So Abimelech rose early in the morning and called all his servants and told them all these things. And the men were very much afraid. Then Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us and how have I sinned against you that you have brought on me and my kingdom a great sin? You have done to me things that ought not to be done. This was a pagan man. And then verse 10. And Abimelech said to Abraham. What did you see that you did this thing to me? He was a he says he's a prophet. So you saw something. Verse 11. Abraham said. I did it because I thought. Notice that. He says I thought. He didn't say I knew. I thought. He, he imagined it. I thought. Thought there is no fear of God in this place. How ironic. Because everything shows that they had lots of fear. And he says, I thought there was no fear of God in this place. And they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she's indeed my sister. Yes, excuses. The daughter of my father. Though not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. Excuse after excuse. Oh, the irony. He did it because he feared man. And Abimelech acted in the fear of God. He thought they'll kill him for his 90 year old wife. Now, I'm pretty sure that people aged differently back then. She would have looked a bit younger than we would see a 90 year old today. But nevertheless, she was, I mean, Chapter 20 doesn't say she was beautiful as when it did in chapter 12. But nevertheless, he feared people. He feared. How many times do we let our feelings get in the way and obscure our own judgments? How many times do we think we know what will happen when in reality it's the fear that, is, that we're letting in? We fear people. We fear missing out. We fear losing control. We fear being exposed. We fear being seen as a failure. We feel fear losing our earthly gods things, people around us. We fear not causing a good impression, and so we lie, we cheat, we deceive, we harm, we hurt, we Assassinate character, etc., etc., and so while Abraham feared man rather than God, God still remains faithful to his purposes. Look at the last part, verse 14. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen, and male servants and female servants, and gave them to Abraham, and returned. Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, Behold, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. To Sarah, he says. So now he turns to her and says, Behold, I have given your brother. Bit tongue in cheek there. Your brother. A thousand pieces of silver. It is a sign of your innocence in the eyes of all who are with you and before everyone who are you are vindicator. then abraham prayed to god and god healed abimelech meaning that abimelech had fallen ill or sick and he was healed and so also and also healed his wife and female slaves so that they could bear children or they bore children verse 18 for the lord had ch- closed all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. My dear brothers and sisters, God is faithful to his promises. God promised Abraham a son and then what happens in chapter 21, verse 1? Isaac is born. He's born at the very low point of Abraham's life, but God kept his promise. God kept his promise. Now, as we all look and peep into someone else's life, oh, we like to see other people's lives and their ups and downs and we just watch at a distance, maybe read a good book. I know someone who's been reading Pride and Prejudice for his school uh, schooling and he's now gone all embarrassed now. But uh, we, we all, we love when we hear of stories and cheating and, that, and this and that. We give a listening ear to gossip and things like that. And here we are peeping into Abraham's life. We're looking in and we see how God is clearly exposing his own sin, his own misplaced fears. But don't think that is just Abraham. God has a way of exposing our own sin. We also are an open book for our good. Why? Because God is faithful. Because God wants us to be the people he wants us to be. My dear friends, things are never as they appear. Hidden motives rule the day. But God knows all. And God exposes all. And in the end, it'll all be revealed. It will either be revealed here and now for your sanctification, or it will be revealed in the last judgment day before every eye to see that God's name is vindicated. Now, we may suffer injustices that others bring against us, but it all be revealed. Vindication will come. Remember Jesus. He suffered at the hand of evil people. Pontius Pilate feared the crowds and he washed his hands and said, yeah, uh, sent him to be crucified. He feared. The the priests feared losing power and control over this man. So they got the crowds to go against Jesus Christ. But he's now seated at the right hand of God. And likewise, God's people will stand in glory forever and ever vindicated. Christ Jesus rules today. So we've seen Abraham's faithlessness. And how he returned back to his old sin. And we saw that we too are very prone to go back to our old sin with terrible consequences in our life. We saw also how God remains faithful. He keeps Abimelech from sinning against him or or interrupting the plan of redemption. God is faithful to his promises. So, now in closing, my exhortation. My exhortation is simple. Fear God. That is my exhortation to you. Fear God. It is easy to fear man. It is easy to fear losing the attention or what have you. Someone once said, We obey the one we fear. That is very true. We obey the one we fear. Did God really say, said the serpent, to Eve in the Garden of Eden? Did God really say? And what did they do? Did they fear God who said, thou shalt not? Or did they fear missing out on the promise that we will be like God? Fear. Fear. We obey whom we fear. Abimelech's fear of God spared him judgment. Abraham's fear of man led him to sin against God. So let me ask you, who do you fear? Or what do you fear? Fear God? Or do you fear losing your job? Losing your family? Losing your reputation? Losing or perhaps the feeling of shame. Shame is horrible. We, we, we don't like shame. We feel exposed. We feel that people see what we truly are. And, and it's just it's embarrassing. Do you feel embarrassment? What if you lost would make you feel that life is not worth living? Think about that. What if you lost would make you feel that life is not worth living? Whatever the answer to that question will reveal what you truly fear. Fear God. Fear God. And here's your homework. Yep, even on the Lord's Day, I've got you some homework. When you get home, either today or in the week, I want you to, to, to look up for a passage in Scripture and find... Anything relating to the fear of God. This morning we read uh, during our prayer time uh, Psalm 34. That That is an idea. Or, or, or maybe Job. Uh, Job 38 to 41. Four chapters. If you could read Job 38 to 31. This is what will happen. Now it will take a period of time. So you need to go back at it. And again and again. But this is what will happen. As you're reading God's word. Talking about the fear of God. Maybe Proverbs fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If you if you carry on marinating yourself in what the word of God says about the fear of God, Job, for example, this is what will happen. God suddenly will be magnified as glorious, grand, wonderful, beautiful, Savior, Lord, God, creator of the heavens and the earth. And we will feel like this tiny. And you know something else? Those whom you fear will be tiny. The things that you fear most will just completely right, right shrink. They will not disappear this side of glory. But they will grow less and less as you carry on growing in the fear of God. So, my dear brothers and sisters, grow in the fear of God. Do your homework. Read Job 38 to 41 and grow in the fear of God. And you will see how God is majestic, powerful, glorious, yet merciful. Fear God. He is faithful. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you may continue to change us for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.